Liz Sumner, and this is I Always Wanted To, the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? My guest today is Orly Waba. Orly is founder of Life Fest Inside and the creator of the award-winning film Kindness Boomerang, which has over 100 million views on YouTube. Welcome, Orly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Liz. You said that you knew at a very early age that you wanted to change the world. Tell me about those early inspirations and how they evolved. 100%. You know, I know it's funny to say uh, as a four-year-old kid, I had this feeling in my heart that I was meant to do something that was going to bring people together in this world. I happen to, I'm very lucky because my dad is, is a very big dreamer, always making me believe that anything that I want to achieve is really right there in my fingertips. And so from that very young age, when I remember being four years old and tucking me into bed, and I would see various things going on in the world via the news, and I, I never understood where animosity came from, why it existed. And I felt in my heart ever since I was a little kid that I was meant to do something to bring people together. I didn't know how and I didn't know what, but the thing I did know was my why. And I think that that's the most important thing that a person can know. Because if you know your why, then the how and the what is all gonna find its way towards you. And so I remember you know, as a kid talking about wanting to change the world, people could think like you're a little bit crazy. And as you're an adult and talking about it, they could think you're even more crazy. <laughs> and I remember I, my, one of my favorite songs growing up as a kid was Heal the World by Michael Jackson. My mm. absolute favorite song. And my family and my brothers would make fun of me as brothers tend to do, you know, oh yeah, Orly, you're gonna heal the world. But I very, very much believed it. But the thing is though in this world is that when you're constantly told that you can't do something enough, the biggest danger is that you come to believe it yourself. Growing up in my younger years, I actually was very, very shy due to various experiences, which I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, but things were difficult for me, schooling included. And when you're not good at doing something, you just generally don't like to do it. And schooling, learning was very, very hard for me. And I would say a shift happened for me. There've been many shifts in my life, but one of them came from a teacher in my third grade year, I was eight years old. And I had a hard time reading. I was very slow in learning. And so they took me out of my class with all of my friends and they put me in a much smaller setting, a resource room. And people, you know, kids would make fun of me about it. Not in a, you know, an intentional mean way, but they were kids. Oh, you're so slow. You, you know, you have to be in a separate class. And my resource room teacher came in one day and she gave me a poem. She gave all of us a poem, us five kids that we were there. She said, I want you to take this poem and I want you to decorate it. So I was eight and I did that. I put it on a piece of pink construction paper and I decorated it, but I, I also read it and not once or twice, but 50 times, a hundred times. Honestly, I can't tell you, Liz, how many times I've called upon that poem in my life. I remember it today, not because I've read it again. I remember it from back when I was eight years old. And it's a poem by Walter D. Wintle. And it goes as follows. It says, if you think you can't do it, you can't. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win but think you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. 
For out in this world, we find success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in a state of mind. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger, faster man. For sooner or later, the man who wins is the one who thinks he can. It's my belief that this, this poem, those words, they've spoken to me during many times in my life where things were going very, very wrong for me, where I wanted to give up on myself. But again, when you know your why and you know that it's a calling, and I felt that way since I'm a kid, that this is a calling. I was called to do this. You cannot answer the call. Uh, so that had a very, very big impact on me. But I would say the biggest shift in my life happened in my adolescent years when I was 15. I was a very shy kid. I loved people, but I was very shy. Went through some issues in my middle school years that caused me to feel tremendous amount of insecurity. And high school is a time where you're trying to figure out who you are amidst everybody telling you who you should be. So those feelings of insecurity are even expounded, you know? And in my, when I was 15 years old in my 10th grade year, we had a fire in my house. Mm. And overnight my family lost everything. Mm. And that shook me to my core. And I've always been a believer that everything happens for a reason. But when you see your, your parents, you know, break down. It does something to you that it's very hard for me to explain in words. And it wasn't just the fire. It was one of those years, which is not hard for us to, you know, yeah. grasp right now after a 2020 yeah. year. It was one of those years where everything that could go wrong went wrong. And when you thought it couldn't get worse, it just went worse and worse. Mm. My dad lost his business and it was six years passed until we all lived under the same roof. Six years, but that first year was the hardest. And I, I fell into a very dark depression, uh, suicidal dark, really, really dark. And I was home from school for several months. During that time, not one person came to visit. Not one friend called to see if I was okay. Wow. And that made me feel like, well, if I wasn't here tomorrow, would it make a difference to anybody? And it felt like the answer was no. And I was just, I was angry at everybody, to be honest with you. I was, I was angry at my, at my family. I was angry at my friends. I was angry at, I was angry at the world. I was angry at God. I was, I was really angry. And I just wanted to give up on everything. I was forced to go back to school after several months, but I wasn't the same kind of kid. I was that kid in the corner, didn't want to talk to anybody, didn't want to, I didn't care about my schooling. Like I let everything fall, everything. And one not so special day as I was getting up to go to school, I was in the bathroom and I was looking at myself in the mirror. Something very special happens when you look at yourself in the mirror. You know, very often we're afraid to do that, but I was looking at myself in the mirror and the scariest thing happened to me. I didn't see me. I didn't see that four-year-old Orly that dreamed of changing the world looking back at me. It was like she was gone, like someone erased her. And to be honest, that scared me the most. And I it was in that moment that I made a promise to myself. And it was a promise that guided me to my work with, the, with teaching. I was a teacher for seven amazing years. My, it guided me to the work I'm doing with my nonprofit Life Fest Inside. And it's a promise that really wakes me up every morning. And it was a promise to be there for people the way I wish somebody would have been there for me. And to see people the way I wish somebody would have seen me. And it was that moment was the beginning of, in a sense, my own transformation coming to truly understand and love myself. Because once you do, once you truly love yourself, it's very easy to love others. And then the giving that you're giving into the world is coming from a place of strength, 
as opposed to a place of weakness. Giving has to come from a place of abundance. If it comes from a place of depletion, it's actually very negative giving. And I always say, if you feel like giving is a sacrifice, you need to stop giving outwardly and start giving to yourself. And those next couple of years of high school gave me that opportunity, gave me a chance to fall in love with me for me, not because I wanted to impress that person or the other. And within those two years, I found, I, it's what, I actually found my voice. Uh, and it was in my senior year of high school. We were on a seminar, we were sitting in a circle and the teacher was talking about obstacles and I did something I never did before as the shy kid, I raised my hand and I had something to contribute to the conversation. And then the crazy part is these kids that I was so super intimidated from were listening to me and then coming to me afterwards and asking me for advice. And what I found is that the more I gave, the more I healed and the more I gave, the more I healed. And I just became obsessed in love with this concept and this idea of giving and giving from a place of strength. That is way cool that you were able to turn around such darkness into, into such a positive force. So, so how did you get to making the film? Sure, of course. So basically, after I graduated high school, went to college, immediately after I became a teacher. So I was a teacher for seven years. I was teaching middle school. Loved it. Best job in the whole world. You know? And for me, it was always about helping my students see the beauty in themselves so they could see it in others. A lot of what I did and a lot of what I do with the work of my organization with the film was actually things I started in my classroom with my students. You see, because one of the biggest issues that I feel that we face in this world is a lack of self-value, lack of self-worth, people not feeling like they are enough. And when you don't feel that sense of value, you try to fill that void with external things, which is where so many things like substance abuse and drugs and crime depression, so many of these things stem from a lack of self-value and self-worth. And there are many people that try to put band-aids on the issue by using anti-words. So if there's bullying, people are talking about anti-bullying as opposed to understanding, well, why is a person choosing that path? Why is a person choosing that substance? Why are they trying to, what are they trying to escape? What void are they trying to fill? Because None of those external things will ever fill the void that's within a person. The only thing that can make a person truly happy is the person themselves. That's it. It, it. No external thing. So why is kindness, and this is how the film came about, why was kindness my, the tool? Okay, because I would say my goal isn't kindness. My goal is empowerment, right? In order to prevent those issues from coming into fruition. But you need a tool to empower. And kindness, in my opinion, is the strongest tool to empower a person to recognize their value because it comes from within that individual. You don't need to be the smartest guy in the room, the fastest, the wealthiest to make an impact. You just need to be you. That when you walk into a room, you create change just by you being you. That's why when, we, when a person engages in an act of kindness and an act of giving, they feel incredible because they're being validated for the right reasons. They didn't need to do anything else. That happiness came from within them because of something that they gave outwardly from within inside their own heart. So for me, I wanted to be able to empower my students, to help counter and to help prevent the issues of bullying, 
the issues of class distinction within the seventh and eighth grade, which is very, very prevalent in those ages. And the tool I used was kindness. And I saw it work miracles in my classroom, miracles. And it was my students really that gave me the courage to say, Orly, you got to share your message with the world, honestly. And it was, I always encourage my students to dream in the classroom. And that also allowed me to dream as a teacher. And I shared my dream of what I wanted to do. And because I had summers off from teaching, I said, you know, I had a background in film production. I went to college for film production. I said, how amazing would it be to show people how the acts that they do don't stop with themselves, but they create this ripple to remind them and to empower them to realize that their choices matter. And therefore, they matter. And so I wrote down all these experiences I personally went through in my life. Every, every single scene in this film, in this five-minute music video, is based on a real life experience I went through. There is a huge backstory behind every character, even though they're only on the screen for 10, 10 seconds. And the film is called Kindness Boomerang in order to be able to show that seamlessness of kindness, how it can easily go and energize and re-energize people from one to the next. And then in this magic way, come back to the person that started it when they least expected it. And I created this film, I was so nervous. It had been seven years since I had done film. Everyone I knew, everyone I knew was discouraging me from doing it. What are you doing? You're wasting your money. Who do you think you're gonna impact? All discouragement and oftentimes in life, it's very important to understand that when you're wanting to bring something a very positive force into the world, oftentimes there's going to be that negative energy to try to prevent it. And discouragement from people, and this is such an important thing to remember, has zero to do with whether the person believes in you or not. It has to do with whether the person believes in themselves. If someone is discouraging you from pursuing their dreams, it's not because they don't believe in you. It means that they don't believe in themselves. And if they don't believe in themselves and in their dreams, how can they possibly think that you're gonna be able to accomplish your dreams? It's, it's not possible. So I went ahead and I did it. I remember that day, that morning filming this short five minute music video to the song One Day by Mati Siahu, an amazing song, very powerful words. And I, I felt in my bones, okay, this, this is it. This is that four-year-old kid. That four-year-old kid is dreaming again. This is really what I'm meant to do. And I went back to teaching the following week, you know, cause I was still teaching. And that four-year-old kid was dreaming even bigger. And I said, okay, if I believe in this, if I really, really believe in this, that I need to have the courage. I need to have the courage to leave my job, to take a year off, to see what would happen if I put my all into something that I believe in. Now, it wasn't easy to do because I loved my job. Nobody ever thought I was leaving teaching, to be honest. Like they thought, when I told them, they're like, what are you told me, you're going out for a year? And I was planning to only do this for a year. And that following year, when I posted the video online, I never expected what happened to happen. I mean, I wanted it to happen but I had no marketing experience or background or I didn't know any of this stuff. I just, I had the, the intention of wanting to impact change and the film went crazy viral. It, still till today, I always get amazed by how far it's reached from people that reach out and share how much it's touched them, how much it's inspired them, how much it saved them or opened their eyes to something or helped them bridge a relationship. Absolutely wild. Uh, so, I think a big message here is if you feel a calling inside of you 
to do something that's going to create change, you need to answer it. Even though people are going to tell you you're crazy, even though people are going to tell you, are going to try and discourage you. Because maybe it could be that you'll fail. But what if you don't fail? Failure is only really something that comes about when you stop trying. It, people generally, if they have a dream that they want to achieve in their life, they rather keep it on a pedestal, right? The shoulda, coulda, wouldas that we always tell. Oh, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Because if we try to pursue it and we fail or it doesn't succeed, then it's no longer on that pedestal. Forget about the pedestal. There is, there is something that each person in this world, that is my belief, is meant to bring into this world to make this world a better place, irregardless of your mistakes, the mistakes you made yesterday and the day before. You wake up in the morning, you got air in your lungs, that's a blank canvas. That's the universe saying you're gonna do something that no one else can do. Were there any particular resources that you drew upon, uh, external resources, to help you uh, keep up the enthusiasm to pursue things when when it might not have been working, or was it always working once you put that's the, a great the question into the world? That's a really great question. No, it's not always working. There have been many <laughs> ups and downs. I'll tell you one thing, okay. Anybody that tells you that they don't have downs, they're lying to you for sure. <laughs> because there have been many, many, many downs. I mean, that really is what builds character, right? It was in my, my moment of, you know, it is, it's, it's when we're at our lowest that we are actually at our highest potential. Because we're pushed against the wall, how are we going to respond? Sometimes mm -hmm. when we're pushed against the wall, it's because it's trying to get us to get to that next level help us realize, no, you can't, you are stronger than you think and braver than you can begin to believe. And so in those times, and I have those times, they, they come and everybody goes through those moments of, of questioning. So even though my sense of self-value was established in my heart during that, ad, those adolescent years, uh, it's not a video game. It's not like you beat it and you're good to go for the rest of your life. But throughout your life, there are times when you're questioning, everyone questions their value. Do I really make a difference? And I do. It's it's a it's a very regular thing. The question is, are we willing to be able and to be able to get back up? Some of the things that I do that I draw upon, and everybody else, everybody's journey is different. So I want to just make sure that I say that. For me, faith is a very big part of it. That's the honest truth. It is really is probably the biggest part of me. You know, um, starting the organization, especially the organization itself, is is not affiliated with any politics or any religion. But for me personally, as Orly Waba, faith has been a very big thing that has been able to get me through when I wanted to give up or when I was feeling defeated. Having those moments of reflection, knowing, I always say, you know, uh, similar to what I just said to you before, but I say to myself a little differently is that when I wake up in the morning and I take a deep breath in, I always, I always envision it's like God calling to all the angels saying, come, 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 look what Orly's going to do today. Look what Orly's going to do today. So I, I feel like if, if, if the king of the universe could bet on me, I better, bet, I better be able to bet on myself. You know, why shouldn't I bet on myself? So that's been a big part. And I'm just trying to think of some other things. I, I think that's really been the biggest part. But I, what I also would say is it's okay to feel the emotions that you feel. Meaning sometimes when we're down, oftentimes we are, you know, 
we try to push away emotions. We try to just continue to go, go, go. But that's not always the best choice. You need to allow yourself to sit in the feelings that you're feeling sometimes. That's okay. It's okay to have those days where maybe you didn't get out of bed and you've just binged on Netflix all day. It's okay. It's okay. Obviously, everything is in balance, but we have to respect our vessel, our bodies, right? Sometimes we push ourselves too hard and we need to realize that we're human beings. We do have limitations. And just because things don't always work doesn't mean that you're a failure. It, it just sometimes actually it means you're onto something really great, but you got to keep, you got to keep pushing. It's like that, uh, you know, that famous story of the guy that was digging and he stopped, you know, just a couple of inches short of gold. So when you're getting to that point, push yourself a little bit more. Pushing yourself doesn't mean to actually physically push your body. Sometimes it means to be able to take that break. Um, but I think everybody has their things. Taking upon yourself also, I would say one of the other things I do is making sure that I allocate some time in my day that's really for me. Now, this is very hard for me because when you're, when many, many people that are, that, that are natural givers in the world tend to not give to themselves, yeah. tend to really give the least to themselves. I happen to fall in that category and it's gotten to me a lot. Of, it's gotten me into a lot of trouble in my life. And I've been trying my, my most to really have balance. That's probably the thing that I think is the most important balance. And uh, I try to do that all the time and remind myself of it. Something that's for you, whether it's a walk, whether it's, you know, reading a book, whether it, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter whether it's meditating or doing yoga or playing basketball. For me, basketball is one of those things. If I'm, if I, even if I'm going to go and play for 10 minutes, it's, you have to have those outlets. They help to re-energize you. And when you're re-energized, you can think better. You can be more productive, you can be more efficient. And it, and it allows you to push through those obstacles that are in your way. That's beautiful. I, I couldn't agree more. So tell me about the process from creating the film to founding Life Fest Inside. So when I created the film, um, I created the film September 1st, 2010. And then right when I filmed it, I went back into teaching for the next year until the following year. So no one's seen the film for one year. During that 2010, 2011 year is when, after I shot the film, is when I already started putting in the, the paperwork to create the nonprofit. So I knew I wanted to create the nonprofit even before I started the film. And you know, I got those things in order in terms of being able to register it as a 501c3 and being able to write down what is my mission and what are my goals and what are, you know, what are the, the, the objectives of the organization so that once 2011, once September 2011, when I was no longer teaching came about, the film up, went up online. I didn't expect what happened to happen right away. I, that was my first, that was literally the first month that I wasn't teaching. I was planning to take that year to really build things up, to build the foundation. So I was thrown into a little bit of a whirlwind, different maybe than some people when they're starting an initiative, which you can look at as good or bad. You know, you can look at it in both ways because suddenly I was thrown into this whirlwind. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a board. I didn't have, I didn't have anything. And I had to think very quick because, you know, there was this wave of this film, probably the first big thing. So I had the organization when the film went online, all I was doing in that first year 
the majority of what I was doing was responding to comments on YouTube. As crazy as that sounds. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. I was getting like thousands of comments a day. Now, I didn't have a website. I didn't know how to, but people were talking to me. So what do you know when people talk to you? You have to answer. It's not nice to not answer somebody. So <laughs> I was responding to every comment. I still, to this day, uh, do my best to respond to every comment. And it was amazing what happened. Just from doing that, just from doing something that was naturally me, I built this community and Life Us Inside was never about me. It was about we, it was about, it belonged to everybody. Cause this is, you know, till this day, I mean, this, there's no staff within the organization. I am not a staff member. I am a full-time volunteer of the organization. And so that's hard. That's super hard, not having the funding necessary to run things in the way that needs very, very difficult. But what got the organization to where it is, it was the people. And why? Simply because I took the time to connect with them in conversation. The first big thing that happened within the organization after the film was a global event that I decided to run. I put up a film on my Facebook and I said, hey guys, I want to do an event for World Kindness Day. Nobody even knew what World Kindness Day was. It's on November 13th, World Kindness Day. And I said, I want to be able to unify people around the world under the banner of kindness through an event called Dance for Kindness, a global flash mob taking place in countries and cities around the world. And that I put up this video and 30 very brave people raised their hand. These are people I had communication with via social media. I never met them, you understand? And in our first year, we had the event in 15 countries. And now we have been in over 65 countries. Uh, on a yearly basis, we're in at least 50 countries. And absolutely incredible. It's a leadership training program as well as an amazing interactive international event that brings people together uh, to the same song, same dance, all happening on the same day. And then each location takes part in various hands-on kindness activities over the course of that day. Uh, training the group leaders, those volunteer group leaders to become positive contributors into their society and provide them the skills, tools, and resources to understand how do you take a huge big idea and break it into its parts so that you can put it into fruition. That was one of the biggest, that was the, the, the next big thing that happened uh, after the film. But it definitely took time from the film to the organization. The film was always meant to be part of the organization, but I didn't start it officially until a year after. So what would you have done differently from this point of, from your point of view now, what would you go back in time and, and do differently? It's a really great question. Um, there are really a lot of things I would have I would have done differently, but then at the same time, you know, we always say, uh, first of all, hindsight is twenty twenty. But more than that, the, the choices that we make lead us to where we are. Uh, it's part of the experience. With anything, mm -hmm. failure actually is very much part of the experience because it teaches us for the future what to do or not to do. Mm -hmm. Had I, if, if I had gone back, I, I likely would have spent a lot more time or been able to turn off the noise of the fact that. This film was going crazy, but I needed to, I need to figure out how to do both to build out more of the foundational structure of the organization, which I think is so important. And that was never, that was not done properly because I got thrown into that whirlwind. But if I could go back, I would have really put the brakes to make sure that that was done, uh, that was done properly. 
I also, you know, um, in terms of, you know, building a board and being able to, you know, put together your business plan, be able to go out there and obtain the funding that you needed. I would have spent, I would have spent more time doing that just because I think it would have led to a more rapid growth of the organization and a more sustainable growth of the organization. So that's something that definitely uh, what I would, what I would gone back to do a bit more, I would say. I mean, there are plenty of other things, but those are just a, a few of them. Well, tell me about the, the origin of the name Life Vest Inside. Yeah, so Life Vest Inside, I always had a lot of people asking me, what I, Life Vest, what is this? The name came about back when I was a teacher. It was uh, 2009 and I was on a plane going with my family way up for winter vacation. At the time, there was a young girl in my community, a six-year-old girl who was diagnosed with leukemia. Now, I come from a very close-knit community. I didn't know the girl, but like I said, I'm from a very close-knit community. So whenever there's tragedy in the community, everyone is out there offering support, offering prayers, just coming, rallying together. And when I got off of the, when I was changing planes, we had a stopover, I was listening to my voice messages and I heard the news that this six-year-old girl just passed and I was really devastated by it. Uh, to the point of tears. And the, but the first thing I thought about was my seventh grade students back at home. Because right before winter vacation, they started opening up to me about something for the very first time. They had lost a classmate of theirs to the same illness only three years prior when they were in fourth grade. That's really young. Mm -hmm. And they started asking me questions that are not necessarily easy to answer. Right before winter vacation, right before this young girl passed, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God do these things? And I just started to be able to get through to them and to offer them some comfort. So when I heard that this young girl passed, the first thing I thought of is, oh my gosh, how am I going to be able to explain to these kids yet again how something so devastating and tragic happened? How? How am I going to be able to do that? You know, how do you find order in such a chaotic world? How do you stay afloat when the world seems to be pulling you downward? And I kept asking myself that, how do you stay afloat? How? And I get onto the plane and the stewardess put me in a seat I wasn't supposed to be in, but I'm a very big believer that everything happens for a reason. And so I sit down in the, in the seat and I had tears in my eyes. I said, God, I don't understand. how do you stay afloat in this world? How? And I look to my left and right on the side of the plane, it said three words that would change the course of my life. And it said life vest inside. And I saw those words and I looked up and I smiled and I said, okay, I got it. Because what's a life vest? No matter how many times you push it down, it pops back up. And so the message I took was orderly your life vest, your ability to stay afloat in a world that sometimes seems to be pulling you downward. It's inside of you. It's through the kindness that we give to others and through the kindness that others give to us that we keep each other afloat in this world. Because we're not going to be able to stop the obstacles and the mishaps and the curveballs from coming our way. We saw that in this past 2020 year. But what we can do, what we have the ability to do, is to throw somebody a life vest, a lifeline of kindness, that even though they're still surrounded by those troubles, they're still surrounded by those waters, that little vest is the difference between life and death. It's what gives them the hope to know it's going to be okay. And so the biggest message there is that our life vest, our life vest is inside of us, uh, recognizing the beauty that we have in ourselves, but also realizing 
that when we give from within ourselves, we blow that life vest. You know, what is the difference between a life vest that will keep someone afloat and one that will let somebody drown? It's, it's air. So when you're blowing and you're giving from your air supply, when you're giving kindness, you're blowing up your life vest. And the stronger it becomes, the more you stay afloat. And as a result, you're able to help others. That's why on the plane, what do they say? In case of an emergency, put on your life vest and then help the child. Seems very, very cruel, but it's actually very, very much in line with the fact that if you're drowning, you won't be able to save anyone else. If you don't truly love you, how are you going to be able to love others? But if you love you and you have, and, and you have a deep sense of self-value, suddenly you can embrace everyone for who they are, whether it's like you or whether they're different than you. So that's the concept. That's brilliant. I love that. I love that story. Um, so what are the current and future goals of Amazing. Life Fest Inside? The mission of the organization is to inspire, empower, and educate people of all backgrounds to lead a life of kindness. And the way that we do that is through uh, inspirational media like film, through education, developing and implementing curriculum, uh, through international events like Dance for Kindness and leadership training programs, and through technology. I'll just give you very briefly some of the you know, initiatives that we have going on right now that people could potentially get involved with. So one of them, we have an educational curriculum for schools. And basically this curriculum aligns with the common core state standards and it allows people to incorporate kindness directly into the classroom. We have two different types of curriculum, one that's focused mainly on, uh, on, on language arts and one that's focused on the humanities. Uh, and so both of these are really just amazing ways to incorporate kindness into the classroom. We also have a kindness challenge that we launched just several months ago that people can sign on and it's completely free. You sign on and you take on a challenge. And once you complete the challenge, it unlocks the next challenge and you gain kindness points, you gain kindness badges. And it's so much fun to be a part of. One of the, in addition to that, we also have an amazing platform called Project Hope Exchange. I would probably say this is my favorite initiative. Uh, Project Hope Exchange is a platform that allows people to give hope and get hope all in 30 seconds. What we do is we, we uh, basically collect, aggregate, and share 30-second anonymous audio messages of hope from people that have been through adversity to others going through the same adversity. So when you go to projecthopeexchange.com, you have the ability to record a 30-second audio message based on an adversity that you faced or that you've overcome or maybe still going through. All the messages are vetted by professionals in the field and then placed into categories. So let's say somebody comes to the platform and we have three buckets, physical health, mental health, and life challenges. And let's say they click on physical health. They'll then see a list. It's all user generated. So let's say they click on cancer. It'll sort through all the audio messages left by people that have either gone through cancer or going through it or have family members that have gone through it. And you're able to hear these 30 second nuggets of hope anonymous from people that are in the same place that you may be in. Uh, so whether you're leaving a message, sharing a message or giving a message, that's such an amazing 30 second act that can continue for many, many, many years and, and can impact the lives of many, many people to come. Um, so these are just these are just some of the ways for people to get involved, and we're, we've been doing also a lot of global video collaborations where people can submit videos. We have different themed videos, like we did one just recently for 2020, the concept of 
the number 2020 before the year 2020 represented perfect vision when you heard it. But the, now 2020 has a completely different connotation when people hear it. But so we, we created a video where people from around the world were sharing positive messages that they learned, an inspiring message that they learned from 2020. What 2020 vision did the year 2020 give them? So we do many video collaborations of this nature that people can also take part in. That's wonderful. And we'll put all of those links into the show notes. Uh, I also want to put a link to the poem that you recited earlier. Do you have a, do you have a link or can I, should I look that up? I, I can send it to you or you can definitely you'll be able to find it easily online, but not a problem, of course. Okay, good. So what message resources, what would you like to say in conclusion for the listeners? So what I would say is probably the biggest message I could give over is it's, it's very important for each and every one of us. And I know that this is, it's, things are much easier said than done, but the concept of believing in ourselves and recognizing that we have something to give into the world is so crucial. The world needs you to show up and to be you, not to want to be the other guy and the other guy over there or to compare ourselves, but to actually show up and be you irregardless of whatever mistakes you think you've made in the past, that doesn't have to be what your future is. And it's a choice that you make every day because that really is the key. You know, the choices that we make, they don't just dictate the lives that we lead. They dictate the lives of those who choose to follow us. And so when you are engaging in something positive, you're not only impacting the person that you've done that positive action for, you're impacting all those that are seeing you engage in it. So a couple of tools that can be very useful because when it comes to kindness, if I were to ask somebody, are you kind? I don't think there's any person in the world would say, no, no, I'm not kind. I don't believe in that stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, but kindness is a very broad term. So sometimes because we can't give something specific to it, it's hard for us to actually visualize. We need to increase our awareness to it. So we have various resources that you can utilize to help you increase your awareness to the opportunities that surround you so that you can take advantage of them, you know? So one of them is the Kindness Boomerang book. It's named after the film, Kindness Boomerang, the viral film. And it's a lesson a day book in kindness, 365 pages, one page for every day of the year. An easy read, it's one page a day. Each day has an act of kindness, an inspirational quote, and then a short reflection on the power of paying it forward. So that you can, when you go into your day, you have a different vision. You're wearing these glasses where now you'll be able to see those opportunities and engage in them. So it makes for a great resource, not only for yourself, for your kids. We have parents that use it with their, with their children, that they'll read it to them before they sleep, or they'll choose an act over the course of that week that they go out and they engage in together. It's been used in companies because there are 12 categories throughout the book of kindness, whether it's kindness in the workplace, in the home, in the school, on the go, with nature, with yourself, and so on and so forth. Another really great resource is we have two newsletters that go out, one called The Daily Kind. It goes out Monday through Friday. It's a really, it's amazing and growing list of people that are received each day a 30 second read to kickstart their day with kindness, with an act, a positive affirmation, a quote, and then a kindness media showing you something positive happening in the world. Because when we constantly look at the negative, right? We are magnets. We draw to us what we're putting out there. So if we're always looking at negative and unfortunately media shows us so much negative then we constantly think that the world is terrible and horrible and people are terrible, but there's a lot of incredible people out there and there's a lot of good going on in the world. 
So we need to be able to switch that vision, to start seeing the good. The more we see it, the more good is reflected back at us. So whether it be the Daily Kind or the Kindness Flash, those are two newsletters anyone can sign up for directly on our site. The Kindness Boomerang book can be purchased directly on our site and all the funds go directly to the nonprofit. We have loads of other resources on the website as well. Our acts of kindness cards and catching kindness cards, there's so much fun. Each card has a different act and then you perform the act and pass it forward. So it makes for a fun game for yourself, for your family, for your, for your school, for your colleagues. These are simple ways to start increasing that awareness and to, to really start making an impact and a change in your day-to-day -day life. Those are wonderful suggestions and tools. And I'm, I'm very grateful for your message, for the work you're doing in the world, for the way you explain some ideas that I have had sort of floating around, but you make it very clear as to how you get from here to here to here. Brava. Uh, Thank you, doing you so much. Work. Really means a lot to me. I, I appreciate it. My thanks to Orly Waba of Life Vest Inside. I invite everyone to tell me what you've always wanted to try. Also, please take a moment to fill out a brief survey so I can find out more about you. You'll find it at lizsumner.com slash survey. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. And if you like it, please tell your friends. I'm Liz Sumner reminding you to be bold and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.